What's really good, everyone? You're listening to the Post Bougie Podcast, a very special Digging in the Crates episode of the Post Bougie Podcast. I'm GD. I know we've been MIA for a couple of weeks. We're really sorry about that. I was tied up with some personal stuff. Taryn was getting settled in Detroit still. And our producer, John, was off getting married. Congrats to John and Sarah. We will have a new episode for y'all next week. Um, that'll feature Jelani Cobb of The New Yorker and e-viewing of the very, very dope website. Seven Scribes, you need to holler at that website if you get a chance. Um, but while we're getting our respective lives, we wanted to replay an old favorite episode of ours from a few years ago. So back in 2012, we talked with Ta-Nehisi Coates of The Atlantic. You've probably heard of him um, about a much-discussed essay he wrote about giving up football as more of the science around brain-related football injuries became harder to ignore. And since this weekend is the start of the 2015 NFL season, we figured it was a good time to re-up that conversation. Also joining me in that discussion, Discussion is my PB blog mate Joel Anderson, who is a staff writer at BuzzFeed. Joel played football in high school, but he also played Division I ball at Texas Christian University. The other person in that combo is Nicole Washington. She's a former blog mate of ours. Like Tanahasi, she's also a lifelong Cowboys fan, but we will try not to hold that against them. Okay, so that's the setup. Here's the conversation. We'll see y'all next week. Be easy. Um, and so, you know, on one level, like, I'm not one of these people who believes that you, you know, really should outlaw football. I don't believe you should outlaw boxing. You know, I think grown people, you know, who want to go do what grown people want to do should be able to do that. Uh, that does not absolve me of my ethical question of whether I should participate and support that. You know, whether, you know, I think drugs, you know, uh, should be legal or not, you know, is a separate question from whether I'm going to sit around and watch a drug-addicted person destroy their life. Right. Um, those, those are two different questions. Right, right, right. Nicole, you said that you were actually driving around with your mom, found out that Seau had died. And so I feel like it's a little weird to say this, but I, I feel like it's also one of those moments that I'm not going to forget because, I mean, you guys know this because you know me. I grew up watching football. Like, it's just, it's very sort of central to, to the way that I grew up and kind of to me as a person, as weird as that sounds to say. Um, and I remember I was at the beach on vacation, had made a, a concerted effort to sort of unplug, but I would listen to NPR when I got in the car and we had to go to the grocery store or whatever in the morning. And I got in the car with my mom, we turned the car on, and, like, the first thing we heard out of the radio was that Junior Seau was dead. And the both of us were just like, wait, what just happened? It just, it was, it stayed with me in a way that a lot of that other stuff, you know, I guess you're right it is sort of the accumulation, but that moment right there is when I thought to myself, like, all right, now maybe it is feasible for me to not watch football again. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I find Tanahasi's choice to be. You gotta let's be really clear here. One of the things that happened that I neglected to mention is um, there's this famous run which I, I always loved, where Earl Campbell. Oh God, who did he hit? His name is Isaiah something or other. He was like a uh, he's for the Rams, four, right? Yeah, four or five times. Yes, exactly. Pro Bowler for the Rams, and he lowered his head and put his helmet into this kid in like the seventies, and he he changed that dude's life, <laughs> and, you know, like for the worse, right? Right. <laughs> and you know, football, you know, is tied up to you know, uh, at least for me, also to other cultural markers. So you know, you you come up in certain environments, and I'm sure you guys can relate to. And that sort of power, that sort of strength is something that you relate to as something that you, you know, you want to have in your life. You know, you, you want to, it, it said something, it was the kind of art, it was like a, a, a reflection, a metaphor for how, you know, we wanted to be in the world. And so much of football is like that. And then you find out what's behind it, right? And so those big hits don't, it just doesn't feel the same anymore. So this isn't even an effort. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm craving red meat. 
but I've made some sort of ethical decision to uh, be a vegetarian. It's more like I have lost the taste for it. Like I just, I don't like it. Really, actually disturbs me to sit through and watch a game now. Um, I, I can't watch. So it's not a, a brave with like I think implies some sort of like withholding. Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess this is one of the reasons why I don't really want to put that on other people because, like, it's actually a ple- it is unple- it is not pleasurable to me anymore to know that. Wow! Um, it just leaves me with too many questions. Okay. Um, it's not a uh, I-, I don't know, and I guess like this is why I was sort of even uncomfortable about saying it because it becomes this thing of you know are you telling other people they should do that? Are you you know you know trying to affect some sort? Of- no, no, no. I just don't enjoy it. Right. I just I just don't enjoy it. It's just it's really that simple, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I think it is brave because like I watch the games now and I flinch. Like I used to cheer and be like, "Oh man, that was a great hit," and now I flinch right. and like, "Oh, what's that gonna be like for him later on?" And I haven't quite made it. And, and I am, in a way, I'm ashamed to say this because it makes me feel like you're. I, I get where you're coming from, and I get that I am watching people essentially for some of them ruin their lives for my personal entertainment and i feel awful about that but because i've grown up with it and because it's so central to me like i just haven't been able to make that that leap to where i'm like i can't do this anymore either because i don't feel i feel so strongly that i can't that i won't or that i've lost the enjoyment factor i still haven't lost the enjoyment factor and in a way i wish that i had because it would make the decision so much easier well joe you you mean you played football in college and you actually talked about getting dinged in high school and having a concussion uh, and playing through a game, right? You play through the rest of the game with a concussion. Yeah. Uh, has any of this, has any of, you know, the sale stuff and then, you know, Andre Waters and Dave Dewerson, has any of that kind of, do you ever get nervous for yourself what your future may look like? Well, there's a, there's a couple things to it. One, it's really interesting that ta brought up Earl Campbell because, you know, you mentioned that I was a, I grew up an Oilers fan, right? And so I grew up the first football star that I knew was Earl Campbell. Uh, everybody that was an Oilers fan wanted to be Earl Campbell. My father also played running back in college. So, like, if there was anybody that I wanted to be, like, at six or seven years old, it was Earl Campbell, right? Well, I, you know, I, you, know you grow up, the, the, the thing about Houston, Houston is a huge city. It's the fourth largest in the country, obviously, but it's very small. And so you have the occasion to, you know, see some of these guys. And so I kind of saw the deterioration of Earl Campbell like very early. Like I don't yeah, know yeah. anybody who's seen Earl Campbell. Yeah, um, he's yeah. very he's very diminished. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, I don't even know if I should say that. I mean, I uh, I guess I will. I'll, I'll go well, ahead. There's a great real sports on him where they talk about this. Where you actually can. He did an interview. I think it's about four or five years ago. Where they they you see the actual. He's diminished. He definitely is. He's been on yeah. camera like. Yeah, he has like a a a a, dead, a drop foot. I mean, he has like all these injuries, and I, it was weird because. Uh, I saw him at an event in 2000 and one of my buddies uh, was a sports writer in Texas. And he said he saw him at that occasion. And he was like, it reminded me that I needed to update his obituary. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's how bad he is. Right. So yeah. I knew it's not like a, a, a lot yeah. of what people are seeing now, like things that I like, I kind of came to grips with early. Like I knew, you know, what people said then is that, well, you know, people, you know, bum Phillips just ran Earl Campbell into the ground and right. they beat him up, and that's kind of what it was. But I also knew other guys who had played football, and you see other professional athletes around town, and, you know, they're, they're walking with, like, that limp, right? That, like, you know, the octogenarian's limp, but, like, in their 40s and 50s. Right, right. Uh, um, and so I, I kind of 
it, it's really tough to sort of like, get, I mean, obviously you don't think about that as a teenager uh, when you're playing football, especially when you're growing up in the South and like, that's, that's what you do. Like, you know, I, I assume for some people, you know, their culture is, you know, uh, I don't know what it's like in the North or the West, but like part of growing up in the South is like, you, you're going to play football. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, you do this and it's just kind of part of the, the game that like you, you deal with, you know, getting dinged and getting hurt. And I, I knew that it was bad, but you didn't get a sense for how bad it really was. But, but, but then, you know, you're hear, hearing about Junior Seau now, um, you're taking it to that. And then it's like, well, I'm not, it didn't really shake me. And I mean, maybe that's kind of the, the, the scary thing to this is like, it didn't affect me in the way that it seemed to affect everybody else. Because like, this is not news to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I knew that like, the toll that the game takes on people dating back to my first childhood hero is that this game is really bad and it destroys people. But the thing about it though, that uh, I've always kind of come to grip with here is that football is like my childhood friend, man. And it'd be like me Mm -hmm. giving up my friend. Like, I don't know how I could, how I could just walk away from the game. And I'm not, you know, I like what, what Ta-Nehisi is doing and what Nicole is talking about. You know, I mean, I, I, I could certainly see, you know, why that might be, you know, something that you all would consider, but I just can't, I, I can't fathom, you know, walking away from the game. And maybe, you know, it, maybe. But it Joe, here's something- the thing. Here's the thing. I think let's complicate this even more. Let's go back to Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell was what? He was one of, I think, like 10 or 12 kids was raised sharecropping or something, something like that. He, you know, was able to get his mother a new house. He talked about this on Real Sports. You know, he was able to, you know, take care of his, you know, he wasn't one of these dudes who like, a, you know, some of these other cats end up broke. I know it doesn't, you know, for other people, it goes differently. What I'm saying is he had a, whatever happened to his body, I think he would say, you know, he would have a substantially better life than anything he thought he was going to have right. without football. So, like, that's the other side of it. You know, right. I'm always really leery of saying, you know, well, this shouldn't exist. I mean... I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, you know, live like this for my youth. I understand I'm going to have problems for the rest of my life, but this is what I want. I don't know that that's wrong if you're honest and straight up and say that. And you I, know? Think, I think that, you know, I think you, uh, you ask, you know, people that compete at that level, because I think there was a, I mean, there used to be a famous survey uh, dealing with Olympic athletes saying, you know, if they could win a gold medal or lose five years off of their life, like, would they be willing to make that trade? And something like three-quarters of the people surveyed said they'd be willing to trade those five years for a gold medal. And so I sort of think of, like, football players as like that. Like, you don't hear very often guys say, well, I wouldn't do that over again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of, like, w- w- like informs my sort of my, my, my takeaway from all of this is that, you know, the, the, the element of it is choice. Like, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's analogy – to football being human cockfighting, yeah, it, it applies more to college football than professional football. But mm-hmm. in professional football, mm-hmm. you're getting compensated, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're being fairly compensated for the damage you're doing to your body, mm-hmm. right? I think, and that was the thing, Joel. You were like a big proselytizer for Friday Night Lights, which is a fantastic book about football, but about race and class and a bunch of other things. Um, but that was one of the things I think that was so jarring me about the book was that these kids are, I mean, we're talking about high school kids. We're talking about kids who were 16, 17. They were already kind of um, experiencing the kind of injuries that were, were going to be debilitating. You know, like they were. Right. Who, let's note, whose bodies haven't actually, like, right. 
grown into their adult forms yet. Like, they're still developing and sustaining those Right, features. absolutely. And it was one of those things, like, you know, it, Dan- Daniel Engler wrote this piece in Slate, and he was kind of saying that what he thought was interesting about the the concussion conversation, the conversation around CTE and uh, head injuries, um, which is so fascinating about that, is that people are really paying a lot of attention to it, but it's not as if football wasn't ruining people before we started having this conversation about concussions, right? I mean, we... But, you know, I, Jen, I think the difference, though, is this. Like, um... Like the stance of the NFL, and and I would and I and you know not even like the corporate NFL, but NFL players is to me often rings as dishonest. Um, what do you mean? If they, well, I mean what for ten years the NFL repressed any sort of research on CT, put out bad research on CT, right. Right. and acted like it was good research. Um, recently, Kurt Warner says he doesn't want his son playing, and everybody, and everybody in the jumped world on him. Yeah. jumped on him. Uh, I think, and you know, the other thing about Junior Seau that got me, you know, with Chris Berman going on TV saying, "Oh, we can't," what do you say? Well, we can't know, you know, what happened. We'll never right. know whether. Like, no, no, we can't know. <laughs> right. We, we, well, you know, we might not know. I don't know what the family decided to do with with Junior Seau's brain, but no, no, we can know. You know, so I mean. Like, I always felt like, like, to, like I compare it with boxing, right? Like, punch drunk is a thing. People knew that. You get punched in your head, it wasn't going to be good for you over the long. Nobody really disputed that. Right. Because this is, this is actually sort of what, what, uh, I think getting back to Ingber's slate column is, and, and maybe this is why I'm just a little bit more chintzy about saying that, you know, brain injury, thus suicide for Junior Seau is that, Right. You know, sometimes we need to come to the group, groups with the fact that people also commit suicide. There were a lot of right. other factors yeah. in Junior Seau's life right. that might, you know, that might have made him a risk for suicide. I mean, he right. had had a divorce. Right. Um, he was having financial problems. Um, we all know we, we hear about guys and talk about the, the difficulty in, like, finding something meaningful right. after they leave the game. And so that's why I was always like, well, you know, you know, sometimes people just commit suicide, too. Like, Junior Seau, you know, lived his life. A, you know, and publicly with the smile on his face. Right. Um, Do you think but, that's I mean, part of it? Like, he's always sort of been seen as, like, a good, like, somebody who did everything right and who, like, wasn't getting into too much trouble and, like, sort of like, oh, well, he had a career after football and he seemed to be doing okay. And then all of a sudden, like, that's sort of the public perception of him versus someone like a Chris Henry who was sort of always a screw-up. Right. Always. But isn't that what always we say about a lot of people that commit suicide, though, right? Like, I mean, see, you know what I'm saying? Like, though, what we said about Junior Seau could be said about a lot of people who commit suicide, yeah, you know, that we just, we never saw it coming. Like, you know, he was such a happy go lucky guy. He had a lot going for himself. Why would he do this to himself? Um, and I, I you know, I'm, but for the fact that he may have sustained up to, you know, 1500 undiagnosed concussions and Jesus thousands Christ. more subconcussive yeah. hits. I mean, you yeah. think like to me, even if it came out that he had no presence of CT at all, it, it still would be jarring to me because I don't even like if I have to have this conversation every time it happens. Right. Uh, and Jesus, I feel so bad because I'm, I'm I'm forgetting the cat from the Falcons. Who, uh, Ray Easterling, right? Yeah, who we're pretty sure had CTE. I mean, he was, you know, in the suit. He, you know, was registering symptoms. I mean, we'll get confirmation on that uh, eventually. But, you know, he definitely had the symptoms and thought that he, you know, that was what was going on. Him, Like, I can't, like, have that going back and forth in my head, you know, Um I just, I, you know, I, I don't want to function like that. I don't want to even have to think about it, you know, because again, you know, for me, it's just, well, what, what, what role am I playing in this? You know, um, and just the, the entire uh, sort of, you know, not to get back to this again, 
but the denialist, you know, element of the NFL over, I feel like I would respect it again a lot more if they just said, you know what, this might not be good for you in the long run. You know, you, you are, you are taking, you're going to take a lot of hits. You know, you almost certainly, you know, will take, uh, have some brain injury and it might not be good for you in the, in the, in the long run. Um, them's the rules. I think I have a lot more respect for that. I mean, if you said to me, you know what, Tanahasi, you're going to die at 50, but you can win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a crazy deal. You know, longevity ain't for everybody. I might with very well make that deal. <laughs> you, know? So I don't, you know, it's just this sort of, but, but we can't bring ourselves to do that. You know what I mean? Right, we can't right. quite, you know, get to that point where we say that. Uh And I don't know. I have so much respect for the game that I would totally understand it. I think it's a beautiful game. You know, so if you willingly said, you know, hey, I'm 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 sacrificing longevity for this, I, I would understand that. I could relate to that. Right. Well, I, I think what's sort of interesting in, in that, you know, sort of the denialist, and that there's two people that come to mind. One is Ricky Williams. We can come back to in a second. But when you said Merrill Hodge, oh my I don't gosh. know if anybody, I don't know if people remember how Merrill Hodge first came to like the national spotlight, and it's not just because wasn't of the he talking oldest. about his own injuries? Like, wasn't that part of it? Wasn't he like a someone who had kind of been battered, or wasn't? I mean, am I he mistaken? had substantial concussion issues. Yeah, fact, that's why he, I think that's what ran him out of the league, wasn't it? Yeah, he he retired because of brain injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's that that's what I don't understand. Like, right. I mean, a, a guy like a guy like Merrill Hodge, I feel like sort of owes it. I mean, if he, if, if, if you really care about the game, I guess he would probably refer to himself as like a keeper of the game, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the standard barriers for the NFL. Well, if you really care about the game and you really care about the welfare of the people that come behind you, then be honest about what these kids are going to face. Uh-huh. And I mean, look, I mean, like, sort of like Ta-Nehisi, like, I could never tell Ta-Nehisi, well, you know what, you know, <laughs> foot, you know, don't, you know, you're, you're wrong for not watching football, right? right? Like, I mean, that's stupid because he gets to decide what's right for him. So for like them to go with like Kurt Warner, for simply saying, well, I don't think I want my son to play football. Like, I mean, it's just sort of, it's like hypocritical to me. And I don't, under, so, I don't understand. So look, let, me, let me push you on this though. Let me push you on this. One thing that became, a, that I've been thinking about is this. What relationship is there between Pop Warner and I would say up through high school to the pros? I mean, is the fear that if big time football stars start saying, and you know, Kurt Warner isn't the first, I think Troy Aikman said the same thing. Tom Brady's dad said the same thing. I guess it was today. Is the notion that that sort of thing becomes a threat to Pop Warner, which over the long term becomes a threat to the game, to the program? Isn't that what there wasn't there a piece on Grantland that sort of yes. depicted the downfall of the NFL occurring in exactly this way where people are like they start out at the lower levels and say, you know what, this is too dangerous. I'm not letting my kid do it anymore. And eventually the league starved of talent. Mm-hmm. But well, you mean, know what? it doesn't seem as if. A lot of the kids, it doesn't seem like you need to start playing football, you know, when you're eight, nine, ten years old either. I mean, you know, like, I mean, not that Antonio Gates is, is the role, but there are plenty of people who started playing pretty late in their athletic careers, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and managed to have, I mean, is Brady, Brady started, his dad was saying it. Brady started when he was 14. Right, exactly. So, and Antonio Gates, I don't think, played any football until he, he tried out for the NFL combine after he washed out as an NBA, like, prospect or whatever. So I think, I mean, that's obviously, he's an outlier, but like, is it, is there an argument to be made that you could, you could even do away with like the physicality of football on like the Pop Warner level and the high school level and, and then introduce kind of that physicality in college? I don't know if that's any better. I don't know. No, I definitely think that, but I think the one thing that's sort of the flaw, and I, you know, I, I have to admit, I've read the, I've been trying to catch up on a lot of this reading and I didn't get all the way through that particular Grantland piece. But what I would say the flaw in that is that you got to think about the guys who play football. 
um, and the families that send their kids to play football. Like, I don't, I think that conversation is kind of had in a vacuum with people who, um, for, for whom, like, football is not as integral a part of, like, the social, the early childhood socialization, right? So, like, you think about, like, in the South, like, in Mississippi, like, you know, there are a lot of people, or in Louisiana, like, there are a lot of people who, like, legitimately look at football as a way of, like, getting a college education. And I, because of that, I don't think, I mean, I think, I, I do think that football could be a little bit, it, it could certainly become less popular. Like, I don't, I don't deny that at all. But in terms of like, you know, like football going away, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening because I mean, people still box, but it's just like mm-hmm. po- poor people. Right. Um, you know, right, poor no. people and people, you know, people that would have done that, you know, in the forties and fifties, they do other things. Yeah, they, you know they play, they play football now, right? I mean, all those guys are. Yeah, a lot of them do play football. The heavyweights definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Muhammad right. Ali, you look at him, you're like, this dude would be a crazy free safety like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, but he would never be a boxer now. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I mean, think of, you know, Julius Peppers, you know, was like, well, shit, I'd, I'd like to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, think about what you could do with that. But I mean, you know, football is a more accessible, and you know, I mean, it's you don't think of yourself as getting hit in the head in football in the way you do in boxing for whatever reason. But doesn't that push the argument then? Then you're talking about if you're not talking about the end of football, you are certainly talking about a, a diminished National Football League, right? a, a more regionalized. Yeah, I think. I mean, you're not talking about the number one game in in the country. I mean, you're not talking about an entertainment juggernaut like you have right now, right? If that's well, the case. It could still, it could still be, it could, it could be number one, but it could not be a juggernaut, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it could still be like tremendously popular, but like not as popular. Like, I, 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 I mean, I can't envision fifty years out like which sport would overtake it. Maybe soccer. I don't know. But curling, curling's making a renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, don't want to live in that. Something else to consider too that I often think about. Like, um, what if football exists for a reason? Um. We're animals, you know, like violence is a, I'm a big, you know, a proponent is violence is a part of who we are, you know, um, and I don't know that we can ever exercise what if these sort of violence what serve some sort of societal social function. I mean, what if there's no, you know, what if, it, hey, this is like the best we can do of a bad situation, you know, a sort of outlet for, for our violence. Because, you know, again, like I think about how, like one of the things I was trying to write about in that piece, you know, in terms of like losing a language is uh, this is like about my growing distress we can talk call it like slowly moving out of the hood which is a very distressing process right, right. Uh, uh, for me you know i realized today it's been almost two years since somebody said to me yo yo big man like that doesn't <laughs> it don't really happen i'm really upset about that now. <laughs> you know, like those sort of experiences are just going away right right and football was part of that right right you know football tied you to a group of people you could always have when i um lived in Harlem, I used to have a dude at the grocery store, and every time I went in there, it would either be football or basketball. You know, we didn't know each other from Adam, but that was like the language, and so to cut yourself out of that, man, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's difficult. You know, it's really, it's probably the hardest aspect, as far as far as I'm concerned, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and that's that's a really important point, because I think, like, I mean, I think about, like, my father, like, like some of the, the, the most vivid memories I have of us together are like watching like the first time we watched Vincent Young play football in high school. You know what right. I'm saying? Like right. we we saw Vincent like I mean that's that's like a moment that I'll remember forever. Like my dad driving me home from games. Like yeah. I mean it, it really like it, it is bonded us together in a way that I can't think of anything I mean other than like being you know him being my father, right? Uh, right. Other, 
other than that, bonding, bonding. But the thing is, football is not easy for me to give up. But like, this is kind of what I was thinking about earlier. It's like there are a lot of things that I'm uncomfortable with, and like how they're done, and the things that I enjoy, and like mm-hmm. how they're produced. Like, for instance, like Nikes. Like mm-hmm. I like Nike, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I like meat. I like eating meat. I like, uh, I, you know, I used to shop at Walmart a lot right. uh, when there was one closer. And I, I don't like what those companies do. I don't, you know, I don't like, or I don't like some of the, the pra- some of the business practices they engage in. So some of these things are easier for me to get rid of than, say, football. So I, I figure for, like, Ta-Nehisi and, and, and you, Nicole, and I don't, I don't know, Gene, you haven't even, you know, said so much about what your, your kind of thoughts are about this, but, like, it, for me, football is much easier is is much harder to give up than say like wearing Nikes. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, for, it's funny you say that because that, football has been like kind of integral to my relationship with my mom of all people. Like she, like I, my mom, my entire family is is mostly women, but my entire family are, are Eagles fans. Like that's how I became an Eagles fan. And my mom would be like, oh, "That's Seth Joiner." <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, "That's Seth Joiner. He's a linebacker. What's a linebacker do, mom? You know what I mean?" She would walk me through. That's Jerome Brown. He's a defensive tackle. Oh, What's wow, a defensive yeah. tackle? And so, like, if we don't speak all week, me and my mom will text during the Eagles game. Like, we we may not, I may not get up with my mom all week, but we will definitely talk during the Eagles game. That's like when we talk. At, you know, that's when we have our longest conversations. Probably, it's funny because I feel like. Like you said, it was easy for me to give up meat. Football is like <laughs> right. football is probably like the least. Um, if sports is all, if all sports is kind of like a approximation of war, or the, the most like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like no. if you watch an NFL promo, it's like the most martial. It's like I mean, you hear the drums and the you know what I mean. It's like planes flying over the stadiums. I mean, it's not even like they're pretending. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sometimes for like a, a Marines ad. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I think, you know, on the, on the website, SB Nation, a guy wrote a post similar to that, that, you know, they talk about a lot of times when people go overseas to visit the troops and they say that, you know, the people that they, quote, get the most instinctively are football players because they, they, they feel they have something in common with them, uh, you know, I guess because of the regiment, you know, the teamwork, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that, you know, all those, all those things that make us love, you know, football, but some of the same things that we love about our military, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. weird because I think we would. I think uh, I'm going on a limb here. I think we're, we'd all be kind of we're we, we're all at least wary of like <laughs> the application of military force, right? But like, it, I mean, to go to Tanahasi's point from earlier, you could argue that America doesn't really suppress those urges too much. Um, but is it is a surrogate kind of another avenue to suppress these urges to like fuck shit up? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I think about like what you were just saying. Uh, like, um, Lavar Arrington recorded this thing where uh, he he was sort of talking about this. He comes from this from a totally different angle, <clears throat> but he was talking about just in his experiences how football has bridged the gap across ethnicity. And I, you know, I can remember God, this must have been about four or five years ago. Uh, it was a, a ESPN uh, Sunday night game, and. Yeah, because I guess this is before they switched to NBC. Um, anyway, you know, they were doing the introductions, and uh, uh, the Ravens were playing the Colts, and Ray Lewis comes out, you know, and he does his dance. He does his and, whole, like, war chant. Like, yes, yeah. but on the side are these two white dudes from the military with the American flag, and they, like, leaping up and down, and they're so happy. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, these two white dudes from Oklahoma or wherever they're from, and Ray Lewis is doing this thing that people associate with this sort of street thug, you know, sort of be, but they get it. Right, right, right. They get it, and they handed them the American flag, and it was waving the American flag, and it was, like, five different, you know, sort of, you know, diets all in one 
converging. You know, right. and football sort of makes that po- possible. I can't really think of too many things like that. You know, I, you know, I was listening to uh, Joel talk about him and his dad. You know, I can remember like uh, when Doug Williams played in the suit. My dad, you know, oh, uh, from Philadelphia, big Eagles fan. You know, but seeing you know, that first black quarterback and you know seeing him get injured and my dad talking about uh, Jay Schrader came in. My dad saying Doug ain't gonna let the white boy carry. Ain't gonna let the white boy carry. <laughs> you know, Doug Williams coming back in and lighting John Elway up. I mean, that was like my dad went through the roof. Right. You know, right. or sitting with my own son watching uh, that Vince Young come back from a free few oh, years ago. What do you get the ball like that the one y'all on something crazy oh, like that yeah. you know watching that with your kid that 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 is priceless i mean so it's like okay so what do we replace that with you know, i was gonna you know ask what? you so like yeah, what, what do you do with your, your son i mean if you know I, I don't know how much of a fan he is of the game already well, he's gonna keep watching he, he already said that so <laughs> you know and i wouldn't stop him you know like i i just wouldn't that 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 it strikes me as wrong to do that um i just because i think you know you made a good point earlier you know about me walmart etc look man i just bought a macbook air right you know, we really want to go in, you know, Mike Daisy aside or, you know, how, you know, Apple makes its products. I mean, at any moment, you know, there are a number of things you can just go through my house and talk about my carbon footprint, you know, whatever I am doing wrong. Yeah, I don't know where football ranks on the list of sort of, you know, sinful things. Um, it's just the one thing I can't take anymore. Like individual, you know what I mean? Like we all have to decide where we're going to fight those battles. So, you know, I'll leave that to him, man. Um I don't know. You know, like, that's not the only thing. The good news is that's not the only thing we ever related on. You know, it was never like that. And it was never like that between me and my dad. Um, right. Although that was a specific, powerful thing that I really, really am sad to see go. He also liked Derrick Rose. So, I mean, you know, he gets excited when Derrick Rose, you know, we get a Bulls comeback or something. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I want to go back to uh, something that we touched on earlier about the difference between college football and professional football, and this is mm-hmm. arguably a whole nother podcast, but I, I think that there's a, I would almost argue that you should watch professional football before you should watch college football because mm-hmm. the players aren't being compensated and arguably don't know all of the risks. Right. Right. Well, you know, that's, that's an interesting point because, you know, one of the things that like, uh, you know, I always tell people is like, I don't care about like consistency. Like consistency is nothing that I care about. Like I, you know, I, I care about being as right as possible. Right, 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 right. right. It, it, but I fail here when it comes to college football because I love college football a lot more than I love the NFL. Really? Uh-huh. And I love the NFL. Like, I mean, I got the, you know, I got the red zone channel last year and I mean, just, you know, Sundays were just a mess for me in here. Like I didn't do anything. Uh, but, um, but yeah, but I mean, if, and this is kind of what makes football hypocrite, like a hypocrite even of me, because like, I know that college football is like a farce, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I mean, the only thing that makes it different from professional football is we don't call the people that run college football program owners. Um, and, and, and Nicole's right. Like, you talk about like a lot of the players, they don't understand the risk that are involved in the game, you know. It, 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 as intrinsically as like the professional football players do, because they're not, you know, they haven't got to that point yet. The, the, the players that are good enough in college football to play pro, they're still sort of like men among boys, right? Um, but I mean, I, man, I, I, if, if there was one thing that I wish I could give up, it would be college football because for all, for all those reasons that like, you know, the guy, the, the people don't get compensated in a fair way. There's actually um, like, and there's, there's even more of a disincentive for coaches to to kind of 
pump the brakes on, you know, like if, if a player is, I mean, these people have, they have a vested interest in, you know, that running back, you know, who was your stud, you know, because the, the, the talent disparity can be much more pronouncing on the college football level, in the college right. level. It's like, you have a, a really good running back, you know what I mean? He might have had, you know, 25 carries in the game. Like, right. what's another five, 10 carries, you know? Even though right. that's crazy, this kid is 19, 20 years old, you know what I mean? Oh my God. And well, he's not going to want to get out the game, you know? Like, he's not going to. Absolutely. And that's the thing. We, like, we, and we sort of, we don't like go through the same thing in the NFL with like pretending they're coaches and teachers. Like, right. You know, right. these guys that are like mercenaries, right? Like, Bill Belichick is a guy that like, pe- most people understand that like, he'll cut you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, if, if it's in the name of winning. Um, like college coaches, you know, like a, a guy like Lou Holtz, man, like, you know, just, I don't even want to get into like that guy, but, I mean, you know, the people sell him as like a professor and they call him Dr. Lou on TV and all of this. And I mean, he's about as cutthroat as anybody there is. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's sort of the problem to me, man. It's just that we don't, you know, we, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of getting lost here uh, in, in my thoughts because I get so angry about it. Uh, and I get angry at my hypocrisy with this. Um, so if you I, had it to do over again, and let's say you could either have the life you have now or just play four solid years of college ball, like no NFL or anything, just four solid years of college ball, what do you think you would do? Oh, I'd play football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was not even close. You know, it's a beautiful game. I would have played football if I could have shoot, man. <laughs> I could have heat my grades up. I wish I even now. I mean, I'm glad, I mean, I guess I'm glad I didn't now. But no, 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 not not at all. Some of my best memories of pickup football. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, well, let me ask you you all this then. I mean, you can. Each, I mean, in a ton of stuff, you have a, you have a, a son now, but like. Would you all let your children play the game? Well, my son did play. Okay. He did. He played uh, when he was six, seven, and eight years old. Um, and this is, you know, like right when this stuff is beginning to come out, you know. Um, it was tackle ball? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Equipment and everything, man. Equipment and everything. Oh, do they have, so on that level, you know, the pop owner level, are there, are there designated positions? Like, is somebody always the QB? Is somebody always yeah. the Yep, yep. What position did what position was um He was a defensive end and an offensive tackle. Uh and and he liked it a lot. He really, really did. Um he you know, he's like any other kid, he got interested in other things. You know, I can't sit here and tell you that, you know, there was a well at this point they pro- I probably would have taken him out at this point, but it never came to that. Um because he got interested in, in other things. And if he was in, you know, he still talks about like playing in high school. I can't tell you I would stop him. I can't, you know, we would have a very, very long, informed conversation. But I just, and my, you know, my son wanted to box right now. I can't tell you I would stop him for boxing. <laughs> really? You know? Wow. Yeah. If he really wanted to. Yeah. I mean, no, I can't so, tell you I would. Well, are the risks are the risks at that level? Are they a lot like? Are they more? Are they a lot more reduced? I mean, because we're talking about when you're talking about. You know, high school and and college players; these guys are bigger and they're faster and stronger. Is there like a limit to the? the I mean, I'm just. I think they don't know, and that's part of the problem. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and point out that I, being the only female on this podcast, thought about it a little bit differently. Okay. I don't have children, but I'm thinking about like what I would do if my daughter wanted to play a sport in general. Like I played lacrosse growing up; my sister played soccer. Soccer is actually really dangerous for kids too because there are lots of headers. Like they have, oh, yeah. I, obviously, I won't say as many concussion issues as football, but it's also really dangerous for kids, especially for girls because they can play it more than you know, or they 
they're more involved with it just because football isn't always or usually isn't an option. And I honestly, I don't, I don't think I can say now, but I think that I, I don't know because I, I don't think that I could say no, but I also think that if something were to ever happen to my child, that I would feel responsible and be like, I knew what the consequences were and I let you do it anyways. Mm. Yeah, see that, but then she, we can get like that becomes really deep, okay? Because I started my son catching the bus, you know. It, he wasn't young for when I started catching the bus. Right, and I right. started, you know, I was walking home from school uh, at seven, had my own key, you know, um, and was on mass transit by the time I was nine. You know, my son, uh, my, I mean, we did a slow process, but we probably started him on this when he was ten. You know, uh, walking him to the bus stop, walking him back, teaching him about that. I mean, something could happen to him then. You know, I I just don't know. Like, we get into this thing where, you know, here I am making the other side of the argument. But, um, look, the minute you decide to have a kid, there's a risk. (laughs) Everything after that is a risk. That's an important thing because, and it kind of gets to what we're talking about, because I think of, like, allowing your child to drive. Like, right? Like, I felt like that's like horrifying. You know, See, I might would stop him from driving. You know that I might would actually yeah. stop him from driving. Right. I might would do that, especially in a city like New York. In fact, yeah. in a city like New York, I almost certainly would stop him. There's right. no need to. Right. So we need drivers. That's who we don't need to drive at all. You know. So yeah, I, you know. Um, I mean, think about it like this: cheerleading is extremely dangerous. Oh yeah. Yep. There's you a know? lot more catastrophic injuries. I mean, yeah, you know, people paralyzed from cheerleading. I mean, what you know, what what are we supposed to do here? I just ballerinas, ballet is another one. You know, which I will never destroys you. It absolutely oh my destroys God. your body. Yeah. I mean, so if your daughter says you know she wants to be or your son you know says that they want to you know dance they want to do, do you say no? I mean, how do you deal with that? Isn't you know? this sort of what LeVar Arrington was sort of getting at? You think maybe yeah. he sort of clarified yeah. himself initially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he was, you know, even though at the end of the day, I still disagree with him. I thought that that was a very accurate point. You know, I think that that is true. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, the minute, you know, the kid, you know, from childbirth or really from conceptional, it's a risk. Everything's a risk. Every, everything is a risk, you know, and everything is terrifying. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We would, we would have a very long informed, conversation <laughs> you know, that's that's what would happen but i don't like to say that i would absolutely say no you cannot you know do, do that i don't i don't think I, w- I would approach it like that so so joe i mean that was your question but do you does that uh it's weird i i would i think like Tom said, i think we, we we'd have a very long conversation and i'd say well hey look you know um you know i enjoy the game i i had a lot of fun with it and it brought me opportunities that well I probably would have had them otherwise but I mean I, I got to have some opportunities that were really cool regardless but I'd say hey look by the way you know I I I have uh, a degenerative neck disease right like I've herniated disc um you know I I, I have I suffer from arthritis already you know Jeez. what I'm saying um and I'm not I'm not quite 34 and I was like hey, man Don't you know what, did you play? I, I was running back Yo, truth, truth, just as an aside, because I love telling the story. <laughs> he was a uh, yes. I was hoping somebody would mention it. Oh, wait a- Joe went to TCU as a running back, and he was uh-huh. uh, replaced uh, I, by this I was- kid who nobody knew. Right? Oh like, yeah. No, you should <laughs> yeah. go go for it. Yeah, right. Well, you know, yeah, I was recruited, and I came in the class of '96, and it was me and another running back from Fort Worth, and I was like, wow, that's 
they got room to play, man. I I could get on TCU and I'll redshirt this next year, and then you know I'll be ready to play. But my freshman year, they brought in this kid from Waco named Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian, that's who I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Ladanian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Did you know like... he was a piece when you saw him? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he, 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 so he was that apparent right away. He was 195 pounds. He was the thing is weird thing. He was under recruited. He only he didn't have a really big year until his senior year of of high school, and so that's how we were able to get him. But he came in at like 195, but like he was benching like 350 pounds as a freshman, Jeez, really, in college. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you look at him and you're like, wow, like this dude's gonna make money playing ball, <laughs> right? And when you uh, watch. I, you know, I don't like having, you know, never played, you know, certainly not on that level. I played Pop Warner, but nothing like that. Did you have any sense watching him right, right then and there? Like, was he faster? Was his cuts quicker? Was he, you know, especially being a running back? Like, did you see any difference between you guys? Yeah. Well, you know, that's sort of weird because, like, I always kind of thought that, like, as a kid, like, the way I would look at it, I was like, well, um, if Barry Sanders can, like, if Barry Sanders can get five yards on this run, like, why can't I get five yards, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is so different? Like, I don't understand. Like, what, like, what's the difference here? And then you see a guy like Ladanian Tomlinson up close in person, and then you're, and then you're like, oh, like that's the difference, right? Like, he just has great feet, like great balance. He's stronger than everybody. You know, he's faster than everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like it became apparent within about like two weeks of practice. Um, Y'all, we are hopelessly enamored with football. Yeah, I'm jealous that you got to see that up close. I mean, that, I know, kid, I that must have been incredible, dude. Yeah, man, it's it it, it was wild, and it, it was like you know after like my my third year of football, I was like, dude, like this not a feature in this for me. Like, I'm just, <laughs> so when you first came in, when you were recruited, did you have like pro dreams? Was that what yes. you were thinking about? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought like, man, I'm gonna like show everybody. I'm gonna. I, I really like. I, I like sort of like pre-written a Heisman speech. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, nobody believed. Striking pose in practice. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I was like, I just didn't get. I, I I just didn't get the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm glad. You know, I proved everybody wrong. Like yeah. you just think. I mean, I, I think. I mean, I think everybody that kind of goes to college and plays ball like. I don't know that everybody thinks they're going to the league, but like I think everybody thinks they're going to excel um, when mm-hmm. you get there. And then like you're like, wow, you know, like it's it's harder than you think. And even still, like to this day, I'm like, man, if I'd gone to like, you know, SMU, maybe I would have been in the league. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. I just wasn't playing in the right system. You know? What I mean? Yeah, right. I went in the right <laughs> system. It was politics, <laughs> man. It was politics. You know? Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing that always got me about the pros, man, it's just like, okay, so that's you at the college level. The pros is. <laughs> A, a league full of the best dude on your team. <laughs> right, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a whole nother level. You know, it's like when they were talking that Jeremy Lin thing about we, you know, I don't mean to call out my own people, man. But uh, my man, Bob Wright, when he was doing that thing about, you know, Asian field vision, I said, look, man, you need to understand. This dude is an athlete. You understand? <laughs> this dude is an athlete. This dude could probably play football better than you right, play right. football. <laughs> he might play baseball better than you. You don't understand. This is like, you know, I know he's Asian. You know what I mean? <laughs> Therefore, he's not. Like, somehow that, you know, fucks up your ability to see. Like, no, he's an athlete. Always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just yes he does see things quicker than you so does Chris Paul you know right, right, right. <laughs> and his game was so straight that's what I didn't understand like what are you talking about his game is so you know he ain't like Jeff Warnesack or something you right, know right, right, 
right. It's a lot of it's a lot of swaggers, a lot of crossovers, a lot of you know. Yeah. What I mean? like, that <laughs> shot that he hit against the Raptors, for instance, like I was like, that's something you see on the playground, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just like he he, he crossed him over a couple times, squared up, and he shot. You know what I'm That's saying? court vision. Yeah, <laughs> but that was what was so wild about the Ladania story is that like Ladania was you say he was a beast in college, but like even people who trained with him in the pro said he was a beast. Like I remember Reggie Bush was saying that you know because Reggie Bush was at SC just down the road when uh, Ladania was at um, San Diego. Um, and he was saying that, like they would just come. He would come to work out with them in the summertime, and he would be throwing up every day. Like he just couldn't keep up. Like, dude, wow. That's that's the thing. Like during off season workouts, like uh, you know, like we're all in shape, you know, generally, right? Like right. we're all like you know going through the same things. But like Ladanian would just get through it like real easy. And I, I remember, I promise you, my last practice, I just was moving terribly. And in fact, my coach was like. Hey, Joel, you're looking like a defensive lineman out here today. <laughs> and, uh, Ladanian, like, because I was doing so poorly, like, the running backs were having to do more drills and, like, Ladanian got pissed at me. <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't want to do this shit no more. <laughs> I was like, I just, whatever it is that, you know, you need to make up, like, I don't have it right now. And, yeah. uh, how much yeah. of that do you think is desire? I mean, I know people always say, like, I, you know, I was reading up on Robert Smith, uh, Vikings running back who left the game at 28. He used to be a uh, doctor, right? He went to medical school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said he came in that next year and he was just like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. You know? Yeah. I, I think I think that's a lot of it. I think, well, I mean, obviously the talent has to be there, but like, yeah. <laughs> like th- these dudes come in, like Ladanian came in, it was like, he was like focused like this is what I'm going to do. Like I grew up, I'm going to be a professional football player. Like in that, like even though I wanted to play in the NFL, in, in the NFL, like I didn't, like I knew that there was something else, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, man, I could, I can, I can kind of write for a living. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, but every the, the thing that kind of occurred to me about at least it's certainly among the skill position guys is like everybody had like this intense desire to be good at the to be the best and. I just didn't have that, but like Ladanian and a couple other guys that I played with did. Um, and I think the part of it is that you have to enjoy practice to an extent, uh, especially college. Like you have to enjoy the process of getting better because that's so much of what playing football is. I mean, you know, playing the game is like, you know, one hundredth or one thousandth of the time, the game, the actual game action of what you'll be doing. So. Yeah. You know, and, and and of course, you know that's that's where all, you're getting all those hits, right? So like that's where right. that's, part, that's yeah. where I suffered at least two of my concussions is in practice. I mean, because you're, I mean, basically you're sorting it out right there. Like who's 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 gonna who's gonna make it? Who's gonna who's gonna make take it to the next level? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to bore y'all with my no, uncle. No, 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 it's cool. <laughs> I'm still a fan, you know, as you can tell. <laughs> still a fan. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think I I think I like recognize the concussion stuff, you know, the last couple of years. I think after the junior sale stuff, um, watching this next the next slate of sixteen games, um, or eighteen. I mean, that's the other thing, right? The league is talking about was talking about kind of seriously batting around the idea of. That's crazy. That's what I mean by hypocrisy, though. That is absolutely. They were doing this as the science was eighteen games, right? Really? Yeah. I mean, that seems. I mean, that first of all, the football towards the end of the season will be terrible. I mean, just on that level. But like, you are you'll be putting people at so much risk for nothing, really. I mean, it would just be. It's just about money, right? It's just about. It's a naked money grab, yeah. right? Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's nothing to be gained by. So, what do you think it would take? To. Like, is someone gonna have to? 
take a hit and just die in the middle of the field? Is that what's going to have to happen? But I think oh, even that happened, right. it would be. And that already happened, didn't it? Has it happened? Well, that happened back in the day, back in the 20s. When oh, yeah, were, that's what it did. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, the reason we had the NCAA was because, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, stepped in and yeah. was like, because people were literally dying out, you know, you know, playing college football. But, like, uh, I mean, it's weird because I think even if someone died on the field in an NFL game, let's say, I feel like there would be a lot of rationalizations around that, too. But isn't it what we do with auto racing, for instance? Like, people, you know, Bill Earnhardt died. In his sport, and like it, it's not like anybody was like, well, you know, maybe we should consider banning auto racing. You know, right? They they, they <laughs> took some like they they made some uh, kind of decisions on the margins, right, to like make the 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 drivers are a little bit they probably have different like protection and padding and stuff like that. But if you're going 300 miles an hour or 200 some miles, right? An hour, but there's like an inherent recognition that it's a dangerous sport. Like right, that's right. why there's nobody else in the car with you. That's why you have like <laughs> suit on, like. Right. And nobody makes any bones about that. Like there are still people I think that are arguing that like football's not really that bad for you. Yeah, and you know, that that kind of brings us to uh, and I saw I think Tanahasi, didn't you post on this the Ricky Williams' comments? God, wow. What did Ricky Williams say? Uh, oh, that was just depressing. Yeah, he had an interview on the Dan Lebert on Dan Lebertard's uh T V show. Hey, they're, they're like buddy buddy. They go back a ways. And I love and, Ricky, by the way. I think Ricky's one of the most interesting cats, you know, to, to come out of the game. And I even respect him being like, I just want to smoke herb. I, yeah, like, I, right, right, right. I actually respect that. But uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. No, 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 no. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, what he said was that he did. He wasn't. He wasn't sold necessarily on the science uh, linking, you know, brain injuries. I mean, you know brain injuries to uh you know ct and also i think he said something to the effect that like he believed that like we should focus more on like prevention like he said you you really can't do anything about football like football is just a dangerous sport but like maybe you can care for yourself in a way that like you can diminish the symptoms or the the injuries that you suffer during the game am i am, am i am i saying that right yeah, and I think the, the worst the, the worst part was when he he yeah he I mean he made the argument that basically uh, flat earthers and creationists make all the time. Well, why should we trust <laughs> science? Because what science was telling us ten years ago is proven out not, not to be true. No, that's how science works. <laughs> that's why it's science. That's what science is. You know, science isn't you know a infallible law of everything. Right. It's about testing, debate, going back and forth. It's a methodology. It's not you know written in stone. That's what science is. That's why it's great. <laughs> you know, which was sort of like, oh man, that, that was what really got me. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's how science works. That's what we do. That's the beauty of it. So at that point, I thought he had just totally gone off the deep end. But do you think that that he kind of had? I mean, the players have to rationalize it, rationalize it that way. I mean, because how would That's you? I had to thank him. And I'd be interested to hear what Joel thought about it, somebody who played the game, but that, 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 it occurred. And he said, didn't he say that, Joe? I don't want to have to think about that. He, he did, he did say that. He did say that. But, but you know, is, 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 uh, interesting as Ricky is. I also think he's one of those people that he, he's one of those people that believes that, like, you could speak something into existence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like he could speak brain and, like, you know, like, speak into existence. Positive energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I just like, I mean, it's hard to take, I don't want to say not take him serious, but like, he's just sort of a different dude anyway. Right. But it was sort of, you know, it was, it was sort of disappointing because he's a really smart guy and 
you know, to hear him hold forth on the game, uh, it, it, I think he has some some important things to offer. But like in that regard, like I, like I said, I was, let's let's talk to Ricky twenty years down the line, right? Like because I mean that dude. I mean I saw him playing college, and the way he played the game, like I mean he probably suffered thousands sub concussive hits. Oh yeah, he and, he has such a, such a violent running style. I mean, as, as like fast and agile as he was, he. You know, I mean, he dragged people down the field. You know, he got those like yeah. four or five yards. In. Yeah, absolutely. So no, um, no, I agree with you. Let's 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 see you in like ten or twenty years. Um, right. That that really is this. You know, he was on. He was. You know, his basic thing was that he didn't have. You know, he was doing fine. Okay, I mean, that's cool. You know, but let's see you. You know, in the future. I, yeah, again, I would have much more respect if he said, you know what, I love the game and I wouldn't change anything about it. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I have a uh, friend an Eagles fan, who plays rugby, and his take on this, because we were actually, so there were a bunch of people at my house before we started recording, and I was talking about this with a lot of them, and his rationale is that it should be more like rugby, like there's not a lot of padding, you sort of go into it knowing, or with a better conception of how hard you can actually hit someone, and knowing, like, you're going to get injured, you're going to be banged up, like, with a much more realistic assessment or realistic expectation for what it's going to do to your body. I think the, the problem with that is that we don't have research, right? On like, we don't have concussive research on rugby. Well, rugby players, right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Right. I mean, I mean, you would, you'd be asking football to be essentially a different game. I mean, maybe, and maybe that's what needs to happen, but like you can't, would it matter if you were doing, running a slant route across the middle? You know what I mean? And you didn't have padding on the other guy didn't have padding on. Like there's, I can't imagine how you make that tackle. I mean, on some level, I feel like it, on some level it matters and on some level it doesn't because obviously it doesn't matter like you're still going to get hit. But I think that hitting someone wearing all of that padding makes you less conscious of what it actually feels like. That's why you're wearing the padding so it doesn't hurt you as much, you know, or so it doesn't hurt the other guy as much. Like maybe it's supposed to hurt and then you know not to do it as hard or I don't. I don't know. Oh, that's. Well, it. I mean, I think also is... the, the the visuals of. I mean, the visuals of a bunch of, of much of like incredibly strong, incredibly fast people slam into each other. I think part of the, one of the things that padding does, um, in football is that it kind of obscures just like how violent the game is. You know what I mean? Um, I think if we saw it where everyone was kind of unadorned, I think it would it would be even harder to justify the sport. You know what I mean? For yeah. people, there would be it would, that layer of like kind of denial that you're afforded by the padding. It wouldn't be there, and I think a lot of fans would just be like, "Yeah, this is, this is gladiator." I mean, we're watching gladiators, right? I think, I think yeah, r- rugby sort of, I, and I don't know because it's clearly not. I mean, as popular in the states as uh, football is, but I mean, I, rugby doesn't hasn't endured sort of the scrutiny that football yeah. has, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, maybe you know, if if we applied sort of these, you know, scientific eyes. To that game and to, to their players, right. and we, you know, we look out. at the guys, you know, the twenty, thirty years out. Then you know maybe we might see some of this, right? So. Yeah, no, no. I think that's that's the big. I mean, obviously for obvious reasons, because football is so big, uh, it's gotten that level of scrutiny. Um, but I just don't know that that you know means anything about you know a, a other sports and a sport like rugby. I mean, you know, the whole thing going back to this whole uh, Teddy Roosevelt piece. I don't have a history exactly right with this. But my understanding is they moved away from leather helmets for a reason. Um, I mean, they were like really, really horrible things. And you think about those guys were smaller too. They weren't even the, had the size and speed that we got in the game now. I mean, so, 
I mean, you think about if somebody like Mario Williams showed up to play, you know, the version of football that they played, you know, back then, they would have shut down the game. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, but, but yeah, so I, I, and, and in fact, I'm, I haven't seen much rugby. Like, I don't know, you know, really much about it, but like, I mean, I imagine it's probably very close to what like football used to look like, right? I mean, like having not seen dance? a football game in the 1920s, I can't say for sure, but that's my, my understanding as well. But you're not in rugby, and Nicole, I don't know, you you know more about this than, than I would at least. Or uh, it's not like you're lowering your shoulder. You know, you're not like you're not Brian Dawkins, like lowering your shoulder, like <laughs> and slamming into somebody, right? I mean, you're trying to, you're just like wrapping them up and tackling them, right? I mean, no, but there's a lot more sort of those like football, the offensive and the defensive line going against each other, there's a lot more of that kind of contact, like in the scrums and things like that. You're essentially trying to push the other guy in one direction, and he's trying to push in the other direction. So there's a lot more of that kind of contact. You know, I, think I mean, I suspect that there's no way to make football more palatable without making it not be football anymore. Yeah, you know I mean? that's actually the bottom line. I, I really, I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's going to have to be some sort of overarching reform. Um, I, I got to see the future, though, as Joel, you know, sort of outlined it earlier in the conversation, and that is that um, you just have a much smaller game, you know. Um, and I don't know, like, I actually want to get Robert Smith's book because he apparently talked about this. He actually believes him. He's a guy who's a great football player. Yeah. He actually believes football occupies too large of a place, you I know, in, in the American mind. Um, again, you know that, I mean, now we're going in circles. That takes us back to, okay, so then what else, right? right. <laughs> you know, it's not like these guys are going to suddenly start reading the New York Times cover to cover. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's just the facts, you know. It's so. funny. My friends and I joke after football season is over. We're like, what are we, what are we supposed to do on Sunday now? Oh, so my God. Like, just sit around and look at each other. Like, what do, I, I don't know what to do anymore. And look, here's the deal. I'm older than everybody on this call, but, like, I was raised in a time when we didn't have cable, and when football disappeared, oh, my God. I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a dead sort of emptiness after the football that we just sort of waft over Baltimore. It was like, my God, what am I supposed to do now with my oh, life? That's how you felt. It's over here. Like, the winter, you got all this winter left over after the Right, you know. it's not nice to have to go outside. You're just sitting at home. Like, now what? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, see, I mean, growing up in the South, like, we were like, okay, it was basketball season. Oh. You know, when basketball season was over. Then it was like, all right, well. You know, what, I guess That's we should. That's true, but basketball isn't like an all day, like noon yeah, until football was just You know what I mean? Yeah. And back then, like, we would have, it would start at like 10, you know, NFL films yep. come on and something else come on at That's 11. Down, that yeah. was Sunday, dog. Like, that when was there's a basketball game on, you can do other stuff that day. Like, on Sunday, you can't do anything. That's One o'clock. Well, that's also about Saturday and Sunday. So, like <laughs> <laughs> she always tells the story when we first got hooked up. You know, I, I, I said, I said, look, uh, you know, I like you a lot, but uh, here's something you gotta understand. <laughs> On Sunday, this is what I do. And if you want to do this with me, I will gladly explain to you what I'm doing. We can talk about it. This you is your point. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, but this is what I do. And if you can't get with that, I'm like, that's the deal breaker lady. <laughs> Did she take you up on that? Did she watch with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she became a huge fan. Oh, wow. And I knew oh, wow. she was a huge fan when she started developing, like, favorite players and teams that was totally had nothing to do with me. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> she would like be heartbroken, like like she's so Peyton Manning basically in the Colts that became her team. And oh. when she crossed that one year to the Steelers, like it broke her heart. You know, but it was like funny because she doesn't like she didn't completely understand the culture. Now I got a buddy, my friend uh, Brendan Kerner, who's also a right, he's a huge Colts fan. Oh Brendan Brendan Kerner wrote uh Now the Hell Will Start. Yes. That's yes, a fantastic yes, book, this isn't yeah. it? Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you got a shout here. <laughs> He's a huge Colts fan. And oh. I said, are you going to call Brendan? I said, baby, I can't call him. <laughs> you can't talk to him for like a week. <laughs> that would be like the fifth thing you say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, we don't want to talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Again, you know, just as I'm saying here, it, it is a culture. You know, it's a, it's a huge, huge cultural thing. And I think... You know, for me, it, it, it plays into this bigger sort of thing of what is happening to a lot of us who are African-American at this point. I mean, it's one of the unfortunate things about how this sort of pathology argument obscures all these much more interesting arguments. You know, uh, the fact that you have this this group of people who are moving into the country and are moving in, you know, to different spaces. And some of the things that you carry with you from your neighborhood, things that you liked about your neighborhood, you know, are suddenly like obsolete. You know what I'm saying? Like you just can't, you can't talk that way. You can't do that no more. You know, um, I said football is one of those things for me. And I, I could actually envision a day when football is less important to me. Um, just because I'm older, right? Like my dad, you know, I mean, he's a guy like, I mean, he watches football, but like he doesn't watch football like he used to, right? He'll be like, well, who's, you know, who does Vince Young play for now? You know, he just, oh, he's don't asking. Don't get me started. Like, Do not get me started. Oh. Yeah, he's like doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buffalo. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, I could, I could envision that, but you know, like what that is for me was like video games. Like, like, uh, like I had video game, like video games was a, a huge part of my life. And it's something that I shared with my friends. And like, I probably spent like a fifth of my college days playing, you know, like Madden. Mm. Uh, and like, you know, I, I, I remember like one, one, when I started dating, you know, the woman who became my wife, like she came over and I was like watching, like, you know, like on that, like on video games, so you can just have the computer play against each other. And I just had to go on on TV, just, you know, just like, like a game was on. And she comes in, like, what the hell is going on in here? And it was just like, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess this is weird. And I never played video games again. Like, it was just weird. Like, I didn't even miss it. So, <laughs> was, so, um, so maybe that would happen with football. I don't know, but I, 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 I tend to doubt it. You know, I, I'm giving up. I gave up soda. You know, <laughs> I gave up video games. I don't know that I'm ready to go to football. But like, you know, like, like, like Nicole said, if like somebody like, like if I saw like one of my favorite players like just like die, you know, what I'm saying, not even one of my favorite players, but somebody like die on the field, like I don't know how I would feel about that. You know, you know. that's the difference between you and Eagles fans, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I'm I'm one of the few people. I like I I can't stand Cowboys fans or or Eagles fans. So. <laughs> I grew up in Houston, man. You know we we have a complex about Dallas and Houston. So that's crazy. You know that was the first thing I realized as, as a Cowboys fan because I lived in every or near just about every other NFC East city. Now you're a Cowboys fan. Only fan, the only team you hate is the Redskins. Yep. So realizing that everybody else hates you, it's like, man, we ain't even thinking about you. The <laughs> Texans, what? Did y'all just wait? Where did y'all from? Right, y'all even in the league? <laughs> and this what makes people hate you all, hate Cowboys more. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right, right. That's so hard. <laughs>
Our theme music is Nick's Groove by The Foreign Exchange. Shout out to our podcast producers, Channing Kennedy and John Ketchum. Follow Post Bougie on Twitter at P-O-S-T-B-O-U-R-G-I-E and like us on Facebook. <laughs>